what do you think is happening with the end of this season? <laughs> like, Jesus, no one knows. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Escaping Reality, the podcast where friends deep dive into different reality competition series every single we, no matter what y'all listen to, we are covering so much. We are covering episodes of Survivor season 41. Sometimes we are covering The Challenge season 38, I want to say, 37. We are going to be coming out with some special holiday episodes. So make sure y'all stay tuned for that. And if you are currently listening to this episode, we are covering RuPaul's Drag Race UK season three. We are on episode eight entitled Raw Wars. In full disclosure, this is the latest me and Aggie have ever recorded an episode of the podcast. And we are going in with no plan. We are just going in, discussing, and we are going to hope for the best. Stick with us, y'all. It's going to be great. It's going to be lit, just like every single episode of our podcast. So make sure you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify as well. Leave us a five-star review so that your friends can find us and enjoy us as well. And you know what is even better than leaving us a five-star review? Personally recommending our podcast to your friends. If every single one of our listeners tells two people to like and follow our podcast, because we'd hit 1,000 followers so quick, and that would be amazing. So do that. If you want to be a part of the podcast, always hit us up on our Instagram, on our Twitter, or slide in our email, and you can be featured in the pod. But with that, let's dive into RuPaul's Drag Race UK season three. Quick little recap of last week. We were in the Miss Fugly beauty pageant where the queens had to compete in three different categories. Only this one was a little bit different. They had only 69 minutes to get ready for the first runway, 60 minutes to get ready for the second, and only 30 minutes to get ready for the third. And the crowned winner of the Miss Fugly Beauty pageant was taking home her first Rue Peter badge of the season, my queen, my love, myself, Kitty Scott Laws. Unfortunately, Scarlett Harlot and Vanity Milan found themselves in the bottom two and had to lip sync for their lives to Scandalous by Mystique, and we lost Scarlett Harlot, giving us our top four of the season, which is Vanity Milan, Crystal Versace, Kitty Scott Claus, and my queen and yours, Ella motherfucking the day. Woo! We walk into the workroom, hot off Scarlet Harlot's elimination, and the queens are feeling happy. They are feeling refreshed. Vanity is feeling a little bit down for lip syncing, but she's not going to let that hold herself down. She's like, yeah, I lip synced, but I probably just gave one of the best lip sync performances UK Drag Race has ever seen. And you know what? I have to agree with her. Yeah, she was very, very, very good at the lip sync. I think what was interesting to me is that they were all kind of like, I'm kind of shocked that Scarlett actually went home. Yeah. Just because she wasn't a front runner per se, but she was having a pretty good rapport with the judges and with Rue. And so they were all kind of like, I can't believe they actually sent her home. It's kind of like when Heidi and Closet went home on season 12 and you're like wait the judges really loved her and they sent her home mm-hmm. and that's like how it kind of felt but I will say Vanity is the lip sync assassin of the season I think so too I think she has solidified herself as one of the best lip syncers not just in UK but in like all of Drag Race she's definitely very good and she does is it Ella or Kitty who says 
well, has anyone come back from four lip syncs in a row, like in a season? Right, because they were talking about the possibility of Vanity lip syncing again in this episode. Mm -hmm. And they're like, has this ever happened before? Which it has in season 10. Cameron Michaels lip synced four times the last four weeks, but made it into the top four. I mean, because Cameron Michaels is Cameron Michaels. I know. I mean, like controversial opinion, Ms. Cracker should have been in the finale over Cameron Michaels. Cameron Michaels killed the lip sync. I guess... Yeah. You know I love Miss Cracker. Am I maybe Miss Cracker? I don't know. Uh, she might be your spirit drag person. So you know I'm team Cracker. <laughs> it sounds so bad when you say yeah, it Yeah, like it doesn't that. sound good that way. Yeah. But like, you know well, I'm team Miss no, Cracker. Yeah, like, you sure. know that. But like, we love killed it. Speaking of Miss Cracker, we do kind of get a Ms. Cracker All-Stars 5 edit where Kitty's being a little shady for no apparent reason. Mm -hmm. They're all kind of talking and I think Vanity says, this is the top four that I thought it would be. And Kitty's like, I, I mean, didn't. I didn't think you would be here, Vanity. And it's like, Kitty, shut your mouth. I mean, like, you're probably right. I don't think anybody really saw Vanity there, but a bitch is there and a bitch earned it. Like, she earned I'm, it. I'm happy Vanity's there. I am too. I think she has fought really hard to get where she was this season. So I think we have to give her props. Even if she's not your favorite queen, you have to give her props for like coming in after being in drag for a year. A yeah, literal a year. year. She has learned so much this season. She has grown so much this season. Her makeup has improved vastly. A bitch knows how to dress herself so that she looks good. And she fucking fights. And I think there's something she to be said fights. for that. She yeah. fucking fights. We have been saying this for like the past two or three episodes that Vanity has been listening and changing the most out of everybody in that work. She has changed up her makeup. She is doing things that the judges want her to do and is growing better as a performer. 1,000%. And so 1, like, I think it's a great storyline to have her there to be like, no, no, no. If you listen to the judges and you do what you are told, you will be rewarded for that. Speaking of impressive feats, Crystal is the youngest person to reach the top four. Out of any out of in the history like of not like, just UK. Yeah, she said drag race UK and US. So I'm not sure if mm. there's someone younger in like Holland or Canada. I definitely not in Canada, definitely not right? Canada. Like maybe drag race Holland or <laughs> one of the other ones, Espana. Italy. Oh, Thailand, maybe. Maybe Thailand. Maybe Thailand. No, is it Thailand? Yeah, it was Thailand. You were right. I think so. I don't know where she potentially yeah, would not be the youngest been. because 19 is an actual fetus. But fetus. props to Crystal for making it this far. And the one thing I want to say about Crystal. I don't necessarily think she's ready to be the UK's next drag superstar. However, mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for her because she plays this like a fucking game. She even says when they're doing casting for the bra wars, mm -hmm. she's like, I want to do something that's going to challenge myself. So the judges know I'm taking this seriously. In Snatch Game, she picked someone that she wanted to do truly based on like what would make Rue laugh, but also what would maybe put her in a good position with the judges. Like, hey, it was a risk. Right. Crystal's not fucking around. No, and I think also, Crystal, I'm currently making, I've mentioned this before, but I'm currently making Aggie watch season seven with me because Race Chaser, Willem, and Alaska are doing that as a review of Classique. So you see like in that season, the age gap difference and the younger queens are kind of like, they're portrayed at least by the edit of being like full of themselves, bitchy, being stuck up and that they're better. And then you see Crystal and like Crystal started off that way, but she has like this like humbleness about her where she's like, no, like I understand what I have to do. She recognizes it. I really like Crystal and I didn't think I would I've have turned been a corner on her. Same. I've recently turned a corner. 
I think where I'm at with these four queens is I mostly want Ella or Kitty to win because I feel like they're most deserving. Right. But Vanity and Crystal have really impressed me. And I think with UK Drag Race, I just enjoy the seasons. Like they're just good seasons of Drag Race. For sure. Moving on to the next day, they all work in and they can no longer say that Kitty does not have a badge. But you know what they can say? That Vanity only has a group badge, not an individual badge. It's just like, Everyone has a badge. You're all on the same plane. I mean, maybe not because Vanity is the only one of those four who has had to lip sync for her life. I know. I felt very bad. She's the only one who's and been in the bottom two. And it's been three times. Just like if there's a top three or a top two, like Vanity's not going to be in it based on track record. Based on track, based on track record. For sure. For sure. And I think like Vanity like knows this and kind of, like you can tell this episode she's kind of in her feels. Yeah. And I mean, they're all a little bit in their feels because they talk about how they've lost three queens in two weeks and they're all feeling a little bit on edge. They're all feeling a little bit nervous. And I think that's very valid, right? It's valid to be concerned for your place in the game when literally everyone's gone home. You've lost three queens in two episodes. Yeah. Even if it wasn't filmed in like the 10 days or whatever, it was filmed quickly. And so you have lost three queens in quick succession. You've had a double Shantae and a double sachet in one season. You've had someone go home for an injury. It's been a rough it's been a whirlwind. whirlwind of a season for yeah. sure. For sure. And like episode seven was definitely filmed in one day mm-hmm. because it was the timed one that they just like walked in and did it. And so it's like, that must have been a whirlwind because somebody went home in one day and you're immediately back in doing it again. Yeah. And so like these queens are definitely feeling a type of way. But to stop them from feeling, RuPaul enters and announces what this week's maxi challenge is going to be, which is a Star Wars parody entitled Raw Wars. We're overacting, Nick. We're overacting in Bra Wars. The return the of- The Fempire Strikes the Back. The Fempire Strikes Back. And to go along with this, Michelle Visage is going to be directing. And because Kitty Scott Claus won the Maxi Jones last week, mm-hmm. Kitty Scott Claus gets to assign the roles. Right, yes. off, right off the bat, how did you feel about the overacting challenges? Because I know you have some thoughts and feels about that. <laughs> okay, I don't feel like negatively necessarily, but sometimes the overacting challenges, I don't find that funny. It's not that they're not funny, it's that I don't find them that funny. I will say, spoiler alert, I'm pleasantly surprised by Bra Wars. I did laugh out loud multiple times. But we were, I think it's a good comparison to season seven. We just watched the really horrifying Shakespeare episode. Which was not great, which was not great. And I think if there's one thing we can say for RuPaul's Drag Race, the scripts have gotten better. Mm -hmm. They're still not perfect, but they've gotten significantly better. And I was excited to hear Bra Wars too, because I think there's more to it when your character is not just like a person who could be you. It's an over like ridiculous version of something that could be you, like the feminine robot or whatever. But there is this kind of aspect of like, it's an over the top, larger than life thing, because it's a literal Star Wars character. Right. And I think like doing an acting challenge this late in the competition, the Queens kind of talk about it afterwards that there's like nowhere to hide Mm -hmm. in this challenge. All of them have substantial parts Mm -hmm. and they all are out front in front of everybody and like they need to be on top of their shit. Like you can't fade or hide in the background and like just try and escape by and be safe. They did an acting challenge this late in season 13. Remember it was Candy was like the evil witch who like shrunk them down and stuff. Oh yeah. And that was like top five. 
Yeah, maybe top six. No, honestly, I think it was top five. It was when Olivia went home. And then the next episode was Lucky. But like, so doing something this late, it's a hard challenge to do. Like. Yeah, and I think with that being said too, is if it's this late, Kitty says this comment about how she wants to be like a little bit shady about her casting, right? Yeah, I was going to get into that with the casting. Which which I feel like we can just segue into because I don't have a ton more to no, say yeah, about yeah. the actual yeah. challenge. But she says she wants to be a little bit shady, but with having nowhere to hide, it's not smart to be shady about your casting. It's all four of you. Like it could come down on you if the casting is bad. Overall, I think Kitty made good decisions. I do with too. Her casting. I do too. Because I, I don't think it, I don't think it was as shady as she made it out like she was. Going yeah, to I be. think she was going to be more shady, but then she had this moment with Ella where she goes, "I put you as my counterpart because me and you have to bounce off each other, and you're good at acting, and so it would be easier to bounce off of you yeah. instead of bouncing off somebody who is nervous or uncomfortable." Yep. And like, that's the thing is like, you can be shady and a, be a bitch with your casting, but it could fuck you over in the end. And I think Kitty realized that before she uh-huh. assigned those roles. Which I think was smart. I think it was very smart and like paid off for both of them in the end. I mean, we talked about how, as we were watching, I turned to Nick and I go, don't they with the acting challenges, especially when there's a smaller number of people, don't the producers kind of create roles that would potentially reflect the people who are still on the show? And Nick was like, yes, like it's literally on purpose. And Mm -hmm. I was like, so then wouldn't you want to play the role that is based on you? Because Crystal's sitting there going, I don't want to be She-3PO. And I'm like, I think you should be She-3PO. Because she's written for you. Yeah, for sure like you should play the caricature version of yourself because you can do it well it's the opportunity to do that part well and do it super over the top and like yeah kind of poke fun at yourself and say to the judges like I recognize that this is me here's me being crazy with it or here's me being funny with it see I'm listening yeah with that though they get all their parts assigned and they go and they start filming with michelle visage honestly right off the bat every single one of them is having difficulties with their lines yeah or we're Crystal getting was talking about how she's dyslexic, dyslexic. and she yes. said it was hard for her to memorize things kitty Fair. is like getting mush mouth a couple of her lines she keeps on saying that the baby's drinking nuts Mm, which uh, is a love like hysterical please stop kitty please stop vanity keeps on getting asked to do more and more and more since her character is literally just a head Mm -hmm. with like a stuffed animal attached to it and then ella i think puts so much pressure on herself because she is an actress who has been on the west end multiple times got in her head and so we the edit is not good it makes you seem like this is going to be the worst thing that we've ever watched yeah it makes you feel like every single one of them is in danger and doing poorly yeah and they go into filming with michelle and as they're sitting there vanity's like i'm literally bricking it which i love when people say that because i'm bricking it i'm bricking it but i think just overall they were all really nervous vanity was worried about her costume being this like close sort of um she's in this like half like all you can see is her head basically right and so she's worried about that like am i gonna be able to move am i gonna be able to actually give something in this moment which i think she does in the end she does but she was like really stressed ella is sweating and i don't like an edit where ella the day looks stressed tis not for me tis not for me but overall i feel like they were all just a little bit no one came off good in the edit no yeah. one came off great oh, like in the, the filming edit. like that's, nobody that's what i meant 
I yeah. said edit of, and that didn't make sense. <laughs> but we're we're fine. My brain. Nobody came across like, oh, they're crushing. Exactly. No one came off as like, wow, they're gonna be so good. Like it's gonna be great. It was all just kind of like, ah, are we okay? <laughs> like I think this is gonna be bad. And I was I was bricking it that Ella the day was gonna be at the bottom too. I was stressed. I was like, I was like Ella? no. Ella, but don't worry, she pulled through everybody. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, she pulls through. Before the runway, before we watch any mm-hmm. of the bra wars, we do get a couple workroom chats. Aggie took more notes on that, so she is going to lead us into those conversations. I think the main one was talking about how there's still a stigma towards gay people in most areas of England. Right. And Ella talking about how there's no one in Dagenham that like really knows she does drag or like it's just not common. So when people are watching her go home, they're like, I think she says, does she say, is it Ella who talks about the 10 second walk from her front door to an Uber? Is like one of the most terrifying things that she does. It's Ella, right? Who said yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Because apparently Ella and her boyfriend they live together and they don't live. They live in like an old suburb of London. They were saying. I don't know or where like- Dagenham is. I think she still lives in Dagenham. So they but live I'm like assuming- an old area with a lot of like older people who don't understand drag or know that she does drag, and so it's like uncomfortable for them. Also, I know like. Vanity was talking about how her and her boyfriend have gotten like her husband her her husband have gotten yelled at and like they're not a PDA couple they're not a PDA couple and I think Vanity was expressing how not only do they feel a way about being black and being profiled but also being gay and then also having a white husband on top of that Vanity was just like it's a lot and you really do feel that sometimes and it's just like as much as America sucks and I'm not saying that certain parts of America aren't like this but as a gay person who lives in New York City specifically I live in Hell's Kitchen I can honestly say that walking around my neighborhood I don't feel uncomfortable holding a boy's hand or like kissing a boy on the street there are places in New York where I would feel uncomfortable which I think is just like crazy that that's still a thing mm-hmm. and I think just because I, I, it's not affecting me every day that like when I do hear about it or I do experience that fear myself it's like oh right my lifestyle isn't normal still it isn't quote-unquote normal it isn't accepted everywhere I'm not safe wherever I go which is so heartbreaking and then Kitty talks a little bit about they all kind of talk about how they feel at shows when people are like grabbing for them and wanting Mm. like almost like props they feel like people are like grabbing for them or like trying to get in their whole like business and Kitty was saying that someone like has touched her inappropriately during the show like went between her legs to be like where's your penis yikes I I think again but I don't realize how much they go through these drag queens when they're in like a I don't even know how to describe it I just felt good I think vanity brought up a compromised position almost yeah I think vanity has said something along the lines we are selling a product but our product is ourselves so like we're selling ourselves Mm. to people and so when people buy tickets to our shows or go into a bar that we are performing at they feel like we are theirs because they paid to be there and we are the product Mm -hmm. people take that way too far yeah way too far but i think that's all they really talked about in the workroom chat sorry that's happening to you lovely queens it sucks 
I just, I don't it's even know like, what to say about that. It's scary. It's scary. To about, it's scary to think that they feel so uncomfortable with like being themselves. I don't know. It's just heartbreaking because again, like we said, we really enjoy all of these queens. So it's just like, oh. But with that, we do go into the runway looks and this one was fun. This runway so was fun. scene stealers. They had to pick a famous movie character and portray them on the runway. Somebody who stole the scene or, yeah, or stole that. the film. Stole the film. First out on the runway, this bitch. Crystal Versace. This cunt, Crystal Versace. Yeah. Corella Deville, 101 Dalmatians. She killed it. Holy shit. She looked great. She looked so good. And I know, like, Aggie's been bringing up this point of, like, is she just skinny or is she gorgeous? I didn't just say that. So did Bob the Drag Queen. Bob the Drag Queen has said it, too. We love Bob. This runway, I can wholeheartedly say, no, no, no. She looks gorgeous. Yeah, she really, it was stunning. And the thing was, it wasn't over-the-top Cruella DeVille, like, mm-hmm. crazy wig or, like, but you knew. The minute you, she walked out, you are like, that is fucking Corella de she yeah. killed it it was stunning after that we had I love a day I love a day coming out as an oompa loompa I love this from so really much. Long time. I loved it so much and I think the reason I liked it I think Graham talks about this in the critiques is he was like it is elevated like it's not yeah. ugly and oompa loompas are ugly they were scene stealers because of the role they played in the film not because they were like cute it's not I, like you're being an Ewok from Star Wars I think um, but I think also Graham says along the lines of like it's also great because we would have never expected you to paint yourself orange yep. and to come out looking like this and this is a great time in the competition to surprise us and to still show us something different that you can do. And, and I think it was exciting to see her do something different. This look was just fun. And like, of course, like me and Aggie are obsessed with all of the day forever and always. But Never also like, I change my mind. these like stirrups that she has on for it. It's just it so like much fun. Or yeah, like chaps, chaps. So much fun. I don't know how to describe it, but they look great. Then we had Vanity Milan coming out. I'm not sure the character's names. Oh, Nisi. In from Baps. From Baps. This is the look that was portrayed that Simone put on Utica Queen in season 13, if that jogs any of y'all's memory. Black American princesses. Never. I haven't seen the movie, so I can't, I don't know if the reference is spot on or not. Vanity looks good. Mm -hmm. She she looked good. She looks good. good. And she looks like Halle Berry. I think it's Halle Berry, right? Who plays yeah, she's character. doing that character. She looks like Halle Berry in that film. It's spot on. Oh, uh, yeah. She, yeah. She looks like her. Yeah. Yeah. Hard for sure. I mean, should we drag her for wearing orange, you know? For the third week in a row. Maybe. But for me, she looked really good. She looked polished. And again, her makeup has gotten so much better. I think Michelle said, unfortunately, it's this runway has come again and i think there's like a part of it of like she had three orange looks in a row but then if the category because they don't know which order the runways go in yeah it wasn't necessarily her fault right yeah it just sucks that like that's what happened that they all kind of happened in a row and one of them was literally styling an outfit from charity the charity shop like how was she gonna know that there was an orange outfit in there Right. Maybe she could have picked something else, but then she might have looked way Ugly. worse on the runway. So I don't know. Yeah, I get the critique. It just sucks because I don't feel like it's necessarily her something fault. she can do something about. I agree. 
And then obviously Kitty Scott Claus is our final queen. And Kitty Scott Claus dressed up as Rose from Titanic, looking gorgeous, darling. Gorgeous, darling. Even though they do kind of not read her, but they're like, don't know why. Yeah, don't know why the reveal was there. Didn't do anything. But you look good. And her answer is basically, because it's fun. Yeah, I think it was straight up like, I like to have fun. So I did a review. She's like, well, I, isn't that nice? And I'm like, no. I love Kitty and Red Hair. It looks good on her. Looks she stunning. looks good. The big ass hat too. Again, we love Kitty. We do. Uh, so like obvious. But the way she sells her runways too. Yeah, where she threw the She the like threw the, the heart of the ocean. The drama that she brings to it, it draws you in more to her runway. And so it makes you remember it and it makes it stick out more. Agreed. Those are our runway toots and boots. Let us know what y'all thought about the runway. I love this runway. I thought it was very fabulous. There's only four people, so right fast. I hope that this runway theme we see again. Like I would, I would love to see this runway theme again. We are now into the critiques. We well, we gotta watch the film. We gotta watch Bra Wars. What did you think about Bra Wars? You actually liked it. I did. I thought it was very funny. I didn't take that many notes because I was actually taken in by it. I enjoyed it. What's going to happen? Where are they going to go? Maybe it's because I kind of like Star Wars. You know what I mean? It was like a mixture of Star Wars and a mixture of Doctor Who. Yeah, it was like cute and funny. Yeah. I also just like kept thinking about the poor pit crew member who's sitting there holding a whisk <laughs> and a plunger being a Dalek. Like being the four pit crew members that were forced to be the Daleks. I also thought it was an appropriate length. Like it wasn't 12 minutes and you weren't just sitting there being like, oh my God, please make it end. But you know what also helped it? They were all good. They were all good. Yeah. It wasn't awkward to watch somebody because yeah. they were bad. They were all good. I think so too. I thought there wasn't a weak link. I was like, Nick, I don't know who they're going to not like. And that can bring us into the critiques. Yeah, let's get into them. The critiques were basically, all of you did well. We need to nitpick the nitty gritty. And it was nitpicking. It was, Crystal, you stumbled on your first line and I didn't like that you rubbed your butt for one second. Don't know what else I can say to you. Because there was no runways that were bad. None of the runways were bad. Yeah, I think the nitpicking happened with Crystal saying that she had a hard time in the actual like filming, but it came off fine on screen. And I think they nitpicked Vanity because they were like, you're wearing orange again. Yeah. But they liked her baby YOLO. And then Kitty and Ella, they were like, it's great. It was honestly the most positive runway I've seen in a long time. For sure. They never said it, but I was just like, I don't know. We were all, we were so confused. I was like, who the hell is going to be on the bottom two? Because they really did like everything. I honestly thought it was going to be very clear that Kitty was the winner. After the critiques, I thought the critiques were most positive for Kitty. For Kitty. So I was like, so Kitty won, but Ella Bidet didn't do poor enough to be in the bottom two. But the other two did very well. So yeah, the, the other two also did it. I was like, terrible. Crystal and Vanity, if they're the bottom two, like go off. But also, like, I don't know if it, their work this week is worthy of a bottom two. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, they don't have one. So it's right. Okay. I was gonna say. I think that's what happened. Is like, it was like we don't have a bad person today. I know because they didn't. They didn't. So the queens were kind of feeling this almost the same way. They go back into untucked. untucked. Yeah. And like Ella and Kitty are basically like you try at the bottom too because we got love and praise on the runway yeah. and you didn't. Because like, it was more just like we only got praise, you got mostly praise in one critique. Yeah, and they're like, I just don't see a world in which Ella or Kitty is the yeah. bottom too. Which like fair. It's fair. It came across a little harsh to me. I did I thought so too. I thought it was like, guys. I was like, guys. shut up, shut up, shut up. 
I thought it was a little bit aggressive, but I was also like, they're not wrong. They're not wrong, but it's I just wish we'd said weird. it different. I just wish we'd said it differently, yeah. but like they weren't wrong. But then they come back out on the runway after Untucked and we get this super- Well, because in Untucked, the edit is that Kitty, either Kitty or Ella is actually is going to be in the too. bottom with them. And we're like, what is this edit? Because they did get the best critiques. There's no way they're in the bottom mm-hmm. two. And so the editors decide to continue it. If you saw Untucked in this episode, which you should have, the edit is the dramatic noise whenever Ella or Kitty is talking about how Vanity it's and Chris so are on the bottom. And you're like, the entire time you're watching, as if you were, you're sitting there and just thinking, what's happening? Is, Me and Nick is were Ella so about stressed. to be shocked, put into the bottom? We is Kitty so shocked? We're just sitting there like, I don't know what's about to happen. And then they go on the runway and Rue announces Vanity Milan right off the bat safe. And you're like, holy shit, what is happening? And then... And then they announce Crystal Versace as safe. And again, you're like, wait, what the fuck is going on? I just, I didn't put the pieces together Mm -hmm. that they weren't going to have a bottom two, that they were going to have a top two, which they do. RuPaul announces that Kitty and Ella are the top two queens of the week and they are going to lip sync for the win. Very reminiscent of what they did in episode one. Ru goes, I repeat, you are not up for elimination. (laughs) And I was like, shut up, Ru. We get it. We're not idiots. We get it. But I I do think Kitty and Ella were so gagged that they probably needed that repeated. Oh, I I would. They were both like shitting themselves. I would have been like, please talk me down from the ledge. Talk me off the ledge. Talk me off the ledge. Talk me off the ledge. The two... Lip sync for the win to... Something new by Girls Aloud. Something new by Girls Aloud. And they both win the lip sync. I think that was the right call. Oh, I think it was a great lip sync. They both did it very differently, but very entertaining nonetheless. Very funny, very acrobatic at times, but also like funny or witty at times. I think they both played to their strengths really well. I think also because Kitty is in a Girls Aloud band with Cheryl Hole. Not like actual band, but they just perform their numbers as Girls Aloud. So Kitty knew that. I have a feeling Girls Aloud is up there with Little Mix and Spice Girls in the UK. I think so. I just don't think they ever made the jump to the US so we don't recognize them as much. No, we definitely don't. But the song was fire. It makes me want to listen to them. Yeah, I thought they were great. So at the end of this episode, we are still at our top four, like leaving the question of like, what the fuck is going on with this season? Guys, Nick and I had it all planned out. We're like, okay, sick. This will be the week before the finale. Mm-hmm. Then we'll have the finale. It'll be easy because it'll be Thanksgiving week. Like chill. Nope. No. Doesn't end till Thanksgiving. Confusion. See for confused. See for confused, everybody. But even more confusion. Let's get into a vibe check of these judges. Aggie, who is your vibe check? There were quite a few things that could have been said, but I think it has to be when they're doing critiques of the queens while they're in Untucked and Rue says I'm a bit surprised Vanity is still here (laughs) that was the one I was gonna pick I was like Rue that's unkind that's not like a critique you're being mean that's you just being like I'm surprised Vanity survived this long and it's like it's also like Rue you kept her Rue you are literally the only person who sends people home you kept her there I wrote this next to it Jesus Rue on my nose it was was like are you joking 
savage. Graham Norton did also say with regard to Ella the Days with Belugula for Willy's Wonka. I didn't catch that. It was awful. I think also honorary vibe check to the way Rue announced who was safe. Oh, yes. Like, I don't think I repeat, you're not up for elimination. But just the back of the runway silence. Vanity Milan, you are safe. As like, wait, what the fuck? And everyone was freaking out and then she was like, Crystal Versace, you are safe. And Ella and Kitty are literally like blinking their eyelashes like, what what and i was like guys you have to know you're the top like you have to know you're the top yeah. too. anyway rue was a savage not in the like i don't want to see any fucking h&m savage it's just <laughs> like i mean and we we're like oh i say i don't want to or guys i think we forgot about rupaul's season seven meltdown because that episode just that. happened i don't want to hear any fucking excuses God, and i was like whoa she is She's a special lady. She's a special lady. Oh my God. Aggie, who is your queen of the week? Ella Vidae. Um, it's I, going to be Ella Vidae until she wins. I think mine's also Ella Vidae. Thank God. Here's the thing. If I think Ella Ella's Vidae or Kitty Scott Claus wins, I would be happy with so either pleased. one of those wins. We've said it every week. We'd be so I pleased. just think like Ella just holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. And, and I so does Kitty Ella though. We do Kitty love also, Kitty. I do love Kitty. I just, the I way it's truly... looking, I think Ella wins. Yeah. I could truly go back and forth yeah. between Ella or Kitty. I think right now, gun to my head, I think Ella Vidae is going to win. If We're she doesn't, see. I will riot to maybe burn things down. But like... <laughs> burn shit to the ground. To the ground. Speaking of burning shit, time for rapid fire. That was a great segue. Go Nick. Nailed it. In honor of the runway theme, who is your scene stealer runway? Andy Anderson in her yellow dress and how to lose a guy in 10 days. I do remember. You had to have the giant diamond necklace though. Yeah, obviously. And then you need to get drunk and just sing you're so I honestly I would probably that's how I'd walk out yeah drinking with my martini drinking in my hand, hand my microphone you're so lame but like looking hot as fuck you name my penis you named my penis guys after you, a dog after a dog if you haven't watched how to lose a guy in 10 days starring matthew mcconaughey and kate hudson we can't talk pause until the pod go watch and come back but you'll know exactly the scene that she steals in her dress it's that oh god i want to watch that just for that scene. yeah same always oh my god i have two because obviously one is truvy aka dolly parton from steel magnolias i'll just walk around it i have a strict policy that nobody cries alone in my prison and then also it'd be diane keaton at the end of the first wife's club in her long cream colored pea coat and do the little dance that they do the no no you don't know me you don't know me but it would have to be Diane Keens because I've always wanted one of those super long cream-colored peacoats. I think that was my gay awakening. <laughs> first Diane wives Keaton, club. First wives club. Not a man. No, it was first wives club. It was club. Diane Keaton. And we can blame that on my mother, Diane, for showing me that movie far too young. Guys, Diane Keaton, I think, would be proud to know that she was Nick's sexual awakening. Not sexual awakening. Gay awakening. Gay awakening. I'm so sorry. I gay said awakening. the wrong words. Don't take that away from Zach Efron. He owns that title. He knows. He owns everyone's sexual awakening title. I truly think he is the reason why every man my age is gay. High school musical. Ooh, that is a sure. conversation for a different podcast we could talk about zach afron for multiple hours but nick and i have to go to bed we have to go to bed 
last rapid fire, we see that next week they are doing a stand-up comedy challenge, which <laughs> I'm thinking is going to bring them to the top three. We will see. We think. Honestly, but who knows? Who do you think is going... Oh, and we also know that they're going to be roasting Each the, the eliminated queens. queens, which shit's going to get messy. We love. Like we do, but we don't. So who do you think is going to excel in the stand-up and who do you think is going to struggle? Is it too much of a cliche to say I think Ella and Kitty will be good at it and I think Vanity and Crystal will be... No, because good. that was my thought too. Like, I don't want to sound like I only care about Ella and Kitty, but like Kitty's funny and I think Ella will write intelligent jokes. I think... Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about Ella, and this is, again, me just loving her. I think she's a consummate professional, so she's not going to throw anything away. I think her jokes will be funny. She I mean, knows how maybe they be. won't land, maybe not, but I just don't think that would be the case. I think Crystal's going to go too mean. We've seen, remember when Ahura did, like, really horrifying stand-up, and we were all like... Well, I mean, remember at the beginning of the season where Crystal... Oh my god, she roasted, read people for filth, and it was, like, mean. And people were like, you're not funny, you're just being a bitch. Yeah, so maybe she will have learned across the season maybe. so maybe she'll get better the only reason I'm worried about Vanity is I feel like she is not naturally funny I think she says funny things but I don't think she is like a comedic storyteller it's just like Ella and Kitty are known for being Kitty's known for being the comedy queen Ella's known for being the theatrical queen which also helps tends to be up. helpful in stand-up Ten, then, it could be it could be that she does yeah. terrible could be the show's terrible. But then you have Crystal, who's known for looks, and Vanity, who's known for dancing and performing. And, like, those two things do not equate to good stand-up. Yeah, you're not necessarily funny if you're good at dancing. Yeah. So, we'll see. Who knows what's going to happen? Stay tuned. Come back next week when we review UK Drag Race Season 3, Episode 9. And until then, thanks, y'all, for escaping reality with us. Bye! Bye! Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Escaping Reality. We are so grateful to have you all in our podcast fam. If you liked this episode, make sure you are subscribed and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow for new episode notifications. We love interacting with you and want to hear your take on each episode as you watch. Slide into those DMs at Escaping Reality Pod on Instagram or tweet us your feels at at ESC Reality Pod on Twitter. Go ahead and hit us up. We're excited to finally watch a show in real time with y'all and can't wait to go on this RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under journey with you. Make sure you follow us on social media to see how you can interact with us about the show and your favorite queens and looks. We have lots of fun episodes planned, so stay tuned for all your Survivor and RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under content. Thanks for listening and thanks for escaping reality with us.